Lucky me, I've got Al Miola sitting right here in my studio, and he's going to play his fabulous piece, Fugata. <laughs> Standards, Aldi Miola. Nice to be here. Thank you. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is manifesting your music. Now, you've been known throughout your career for having a phenomenal technical skill. Now, I think it might be interesting for my listeners to hear the, the sheer torture and hell you went through to develop that. Well, it was, uh, it was a real good beginning because I found... Um, by accident, a great guitar teacher who was a jazz aficionado into the style of Barney Kessel and Howard Roberts and 
uh, you know, people along those lines. And uh, alternate picking, man, that's that's what he drilled, you know. So although I was into the whole pop and rock thing, as most kids were growing up in the 60s, uh, I absorbed all of that stuff. At the same time, I was getting uh, lessons from a jazz instructor, you know, learning that kind of thing as well. So now your music... Uh has always been sort of influenced by a European kind of sensibility, sort of gypsy, ethnic kind of stuff. Where did that all come from? Uh, probably, shoo, let's see, the, the flamenco part of it, uh, my association with Paco, uh, was it came when I was 19 uh, from my first travel overseas with Chick Corea when I joined Chick. And when we hit Spain uh, to do our little tour over there, uh, there was just a buzz about this guy. And uh, I was real interested to hear about him because most of the flamenco I heard up to that point was um, was just traditional, and uh, you didn't hear anybody really going out on a limb like he was or, or attempting to. So, uh, and, and then when I finally did get to hear him on that tour, um, I could see that his technique was uh, a cut above everyone else. So I, I had a great interest right away to do something with him. Did you get into? Did you meet him then, or was it only later when you actually started playing? I met playing? him uh, very soon after. Um, I think it was before my second record was recorded, Elegant Gypsy. We got in contact with him, and uh, we flew him over to New York. There are also other kind of ethnic influences in your music. Uh, do you want to talk about any of those? I mean, apart from the flamenco thing, there seem to be a lot of like Arabic scales. Yeah, that I've always. Into and... I, I mean, the, that whole Arab Arabic world has got such incredible depth to their music and, uh, and spirit and uh, just mystery, you know. Um, and I, I was always attracted to to uh, all of it, you know, or a lot of it, especially the more modern stuff. So, yeah, there's been inflections of that all the way along, you know, since going back to my second record. Yeah. You know? In terms of translating all of that stuff to the guitar, I also just noticed when you were just playing, uh, you did a kind of thing that would be typical that a flamenco player would do with his fingers, mm -hmm. a kind of a rhythmic chordal thing. But you did it with the pick, with lots of rhythmic stops. And I actually, that was really original to see that up close right. and and it was a very clean way you did it but it was really rhythmically effective now did you kind of develop techniques in order to manifest these kinds of effects? well i grew up in the latin clubs in new york i right. mean i act, i really absorbed a lot of uh, salsa music as well so um i have now a lot of different experiences with the different forms of latin music and to me they all interrelate really well it works for me but I also come from uh, a background of, uh, you know, loving the drums and percussion. I mean, yeah. I, I, pl I still play a lot of that. Uh, my first love are drums, you know, so uh, I think and feel like that kind of person, not like a guitar player huh. so much. Uh, most of what I base a lot of my motifs on are very rhythmic phrases. Or if I do something like from a classical player, like Piazzolla, which I've, I've been known to do in the last bunch of years, I usually play a lot with uh, the rhythm, and I uh, syncopate the hell out of it. I take it out of its square form. Yes, as you, you did know. on your new album. Yeah, like I do with almost everything now. You know, I just love syncopating rhythms, but that's uh, something that's not easy for, for a lot of people to do, you know, because it usually sways the quarter note feel. So you have to be, you have to have like an inner clock going on, 
Yeah. And in that, order to do that successfully. Again, it seems to me that you you know you've got this uh, thing of being able to use your analytical mind to manifest these things which are of the heart, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know that's why I asked you how you sort of approached. You know, you must have thought at some point, okay, I want to get this flamenco thing, but I'm using a pick. So how am I going to do that? And I was interested in your thought process in doing something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not exactly Raschiato, um, or the ability to do exactly what they do. Uh, but I'm not trying to do what they're doing either, you know, because they're so deep-rooted, you know, in tradition. Uh, you would almost have to be born there to get to really get it, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I think I got some of the essence of of the the feeling of that. But it's like you can't really put your finger on it. Is it is it, is it flamenco influence? Is it salsa? Yeah. Is it you know? It's just for me. It's all of the influences of Latin music, uh, except for maybe tango, which is a Latin form of music. And in in tango, you don't have so much of that kind of rhythm as you do in Brazilian or or, or salsa, which Caribbean-oriented music, right. or flamenco, you know. But what I like about tango is different than what I like about those other kinds of music, you know. And all those worlds to me just, you know, feel very at home. You know? Let's talk briefly about something else because another thing that obviously you enjoy a lot is playing with different sounds and mm-hmm. developing different sounds, not only with the guitar synth but also on you know standard guitars but right. developing different sounds with different ways of picking different you know actual guitar playing techniques now uh first of all how did you go about thinking about developing different electric sounds and acoustic sounds mm. well synth sounds uh you know if if, if i'm dealing with like a roland gr uh 30 or a vg88 or i have them all i think i have them all linked together uh, 33 um, there's, there's even another one <laughs> uh, I think we have four to five units linked on stage it's like insane uh, and and I have my legs going all over the place trying to switch because unfortunately you can't patch together in one unit all of the the sounds from each like right. if I have two sounds from one unit I gotta have that unit there just for those two sounds it's a drag it is um, however I have my favorite sounds and uh, most of which are in the VG88 so um, for instance on the new record on Flesh on Flesh uh, uh, some of the Les Paul sounds that I got back to again uh, are actually my ovation <laughs> or my golden uh, triggering, triggering triggering that sound really and uh, I've had guitar players who are fanatics for, for this type of sound who, who swore that uh, well, they thought I was I was just joking, you know. They, well, there's no way they could believe it. Quite un- unbelievable. I said, well, you know, it's 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 a doable thing. I mean, the the Roland VG88 is amazing. It really oh. is amazing. Thing is, I blend in the acoustic guitar sound with it for punch. Yes, you do. So in actuality, for me, it's actually better than the real deal. You know what I mean? Sure. I get the thickness of the acoustic, but I and 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 the articulation of it that that provides. And then it's with this killer Les Paul sound through a Marshall at the, at the touch of a switch, a foot pedal. And then when I back off, I'm back to my acoustic guitar. Now this could happen with my nylon Godin, which, which is evidenced on the record, or, or my Ovation, or my jazz body guitar, 
which I didn't play? use that much of. I, I have uh, two prototype Aldi Miola models made by Gibson, uh -huh. which are more in the Legrand fashion. You know, if, okay. you, if you recall what a Legrand yeah. looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, Really yeah. nice. So quite big body. Big body, yeah, kind of like a like an L five almost. Yeah, right, uh, right. Yeah, super four hundred. But they're called Legrands, and yeah, they right. were going to make this the Audi Mule model, and right. then they decided, great, uh, it's too expensive to do. Oh. The, one of the other guitars on the record that that became important for me to use in the last bunch of years is this Conde Hermanos Spanish classical guitar, and uh, it's just one of those guitars that you just put a mic up against, and immediately you have a killer sound. Whereas opposed to electric guitars, uh, or anything electric, you have to work on it. I mean, especially when sure. it involves amplifiers. You yeah. really gotta work. Do you always, uh, when you're recording in the studio, do you always go through amplifiers, or do you uh, go through the desk and use the wide variety of plugins that are available today? Well, no, I didn't use any of the, of the Amp Farm plugins yeah. that, that you can... Some of them are pretty cool, but I'm, I'm always in the quest for uh, a sound with punch at, in the same time getting a good tone and sustain right and it's harder to do uh, unless you're using an amp you know direct right. is uh, direct but sure. but for sustained sounds I gotta have the the sound of the speaker smashing up against the microphone yes you know and our get ears. That punch. yeah in the ears <laughs> that's why I have ringing of the ears oh good <laughs> well now, having seen the kind of uh, artistry and uh, technical skill you need to, to get all these sounds, the next question has got to be, do you f sometimes get pissed off that when people think of, quotes, the LD Miola sound, they usually think of this screaming rock guitar? No, that hasn't happened in a long time, because my last 15 records, primarily acoustic, you know, so since 1980, I've been doing mostly... Yeah, that, that's true, indeed. Mostly acoustic, and uh, I don't really get that one. I get more of the the Aldi Miele equals technique. Right. Um, well, what I've been trying to do in talking to you, and I think you've, you've explained it really well, is that the technique is in the service of something really musical, and that you're using, I mean, as musicians, we all have to figure out how to play what we feel, mm -hmm. you know, what we want to. And if you that, hear it in your head and you can't play it. Exactly. Uh, is is your excuse going to be, well, you know, I could say more with two notes than uh, my ass. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, so you can say that on my the ass. That's you know, okay. Yeah. How about saying it with 20 notes and, and just if, if you have that impulse as a player. I mean, did, did anyone ever say that to John Coltrane or Charlie Barker? They couldn't. They'd probably get bunched out. Something like that. I mean, I know in Jersey we'd do that. Yeah, right. We're good. But, uh, there, you know, when it calls for two notes, then it's two notes. Mm. I mean, a lot of my compositions in the last uh, 15 years were very sentimental pieces. Yes, you know, indeed. And, and very much composed. And, you know, it's, it's just the that one element that sometimes the, the older critic might uh, still remember. And didn't listen to the last 15, 20 records. Exactly. You know, there's 24 records now. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's, you know, that's a good start. You know, some of them aren't that educated as to what I was doing. So they, that's right. they point out a one, one little element. Well, let, let me then, I, I, I usually ask everybody this, and it's always a contentious question, so I like to ask it. What do you think about jazz radio in America? Oh, God. Great question. Um... <laughs> Jazz radio went went uh, to the way of easy listening, super boring jazz. 
which is not jazz actually. It's now it's even worse. Now it's just vocalists, you know, along the lines of uh, Diana Krall and people like that. Nothing against it. It's just that they they call themselves cool jazz. Well, it has nothing to do with cool jazz. Okay, so it's really become a kind of background music for people that are on their way to work or while they're working because it doesn't interfere with your work. You see, so it's great for advertisers. Advertisers can get their product displayed all day because the listener doesn't have the need to turn off the radio to distract them from their work. So it's a good thing for, for business. And that's where jazz radio went, or so-called jazz radio. And then you have the other extreme, which is like the public kind of stations um, that uh, are very little listened to and play the straight-ahead jazz or old blues. And you have very little in, in the way of listener response because there's not that many people that, that listen to it. Mm. Uh, and then you have this whole giant middle ground that's been void for a lot of years now of some dynamite music that just never gets played until now. Now we have, thank God, satellite radio. Uh -huh. And people like myself and, and Weather Report and all the Weather Report and all the Chick and all the Frank Zappa, you know, and some gentle giant and like, it's just, just like playing stuff that you just go, yeah, wow, we're back. You know, and they play my new record. I mean, but on like four or five different stations all the time. So radio now is exciting again. And now I'm finding stuff, whether it's new or old, that I never heard before. And uh, with traditional radio, uh, the way it was, if we're talking about jazz radio, jazz radio, or rock radio even, you'd hear something and you go, well, what was that? That was cool. Who's that? I wonder. And you never know. Because they'll play like four or five tracks after it, and then they don't back announce. Mm -hmm. But on satellite radio in the States, which is going to dominate and blow away FM, you just look at the, the readout on, on the, uh, where the numbers are, and it gives the name of the artist and the song. And, it, at the moment it's being played. Now, it seems to me that, uh, unfortunately, people can't listen to that in their cars. Yeah. In the but, cars. but they can listen to it in their cars. In the cars, really? It's killer. Fantastic. I live in my car now. Okay. I mean, I go out in the driveway. Well, I have to get one for the house, of course. But uh -huh. uh, now I go out in the driveway because it's in my car, and I just sit there all the time. And and they even have a, a, a soundtrack uh, channel, right? Well, Cinemagic, it's right. called. And you listen to the CD quality. Hmm. Uh, of like some of the greatest soundtracks, but but 24 hours. Well, great! You know? I, I look with readouts so you can figure out what it is. I've I'm now buying records again because of this kind kind of format. Do you know anything about the actual? You know, are there any statistics or studies being done to find out if satellite radio is resulting in record sales? I mean, apart from you going out and buying records. I didn't. I did. There's. I'm going to look into that. Because that's look an interesting that, one. Because I'm looking to endorse it big time. Because, I mean, you know, of course, you're it's on, growing. You're on, you're on the only radio show in, in England that plays a wide variety of yeah. everything. Of course, New Jazz Standards, thank you very much. That's a plug. But the deal is that, uh, <laughs> you know, I always say to people at the ends of my show, I say, go out. If you like the records you've heard, go out and buy them because it's the only way, you know, good music is going to survive. You know, if they if they heard it and they liked it and, and you announced it, then that's going to happen. Yeah. But, but uh, more often... The commercials in the United States took took place and uh, took more importance. 
and uh, you get very little DJ interaction as to who the artist is and what's being played because they can care less. Exactly. I mean, that's why I started doing this because I was so pissed off with listening to other DJs mm. who never announced records and didn't know anything about them. No, they and, don't. And, I figured and they're we... told what to play. Yeah. See, it's, in your case, uh, you know, you, you have a passion for what you're doing. In the States, it's, it's gotten where it's just consulting firms telling uh, the station owners what the DJs must play. Yes. And they're all frustrated. They don't want to play that stuff, you know. But they do. <laughs> they have to for yeah. because it's a job. Mm. But and 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 now XM radio is like FM was in the beginning, mm -hmm. only better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true because when I spoke to when I interviewed uh, Bob James here, he mm -hmm. said the same thing. He said, "Look, on my albums, I have to." I can only put one or two tracks on on my records that I actually sort of enjoy that are my creative kind of things and the rest of it I have to adhere to what broadcast architecture tells me I have to yeah, do to see, get that, on the that's, radio. That's like poison to my ears. It is and it's terrible to, 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 to hear artists like that. Would I will to, never do that. Yeah. I, will, I don't ever want to have to do that uh, on these type of records that I make. Well luckily now you're with Telarc who are a nice company and they let you record nice records. Right. Good. And, yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, all you people in Radio Land should go out and buy them right away. Right away. Aldi Miola, thank flesh you very flesh. much. Flesh on flesh. Let's press the flesh and say thank you and good night. Thanks a lot. Okay. I enjoyed it. Good morning, good evening. All good right, sorry I got to run. Okay, let's go. you got to get to your next appointment, and I've got to go have my nose buffed. Well, he may be gone, but we've got something we recorded earlier. Yes, it's Al Miola playing his marvelous guitar, and he's going to play for us live in the studio his wonderful piece, Rhapsody. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you.